What's up, my miners of intelligence and consciousness? I'm Rick Brooks, and this is Rick's Mind. Today with me, a friend of the show, DJ Jones, just a Florida boy living his motherfucking dream. What's up, DJ? How are you? <laughs> What's up, man? I don't think I've ever been in a deep like that before, so I love it. I love <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. We were, and I kind of wanted to, so a little background, if you're new to the show and whatnot, DJ's been a guest before. Go back and check out that episode. But basically, I found out about you because as a... As oh snap, uh, as as a brother that is into some some interesting activities and one that doesn't want to be in a box, I like to seek out other brothers that are living that a different an alternative dream, right? And this I found this dude that was obsessed with bow hunting, and I was like, a brother obsessed with bow hunting? Like this is a guy that I need to follow. Not that I am a more of a rifle guy myself. I did I did just buy a bow, but I started following you. And uh, I, I slid into your DMs, and now we've kind of got a, a nice little friendship going on. And, and and you've been on the podcast, as I mentioned before. But I just I wanted to I wanted to get you back on here because a lot's changed, man. Your, your follow you've got a lot more followers now, and I really want to know about your trip. You went, uh, I believe, mule deer hunting for the first time out in Colorado. I want to get the scoop on how that was. I know it was successful. So, I mean, what was that trip like? It was honestly, it was, it was life changing. Um, I consider myself an athlete. And when it comes to hunting, I was tested in ways that I was never tested before in any other state or environment I had ever been hunting in before when I got out into that elevation in the heat out in Colorado, central Colorado. It was, it was almost like I trained my ass off to get out there. I, you know, I trained really hard in the gym. I've still been going consistently to the gym. I trained really hard with my new bowl, my setup. Um, I saw myself like, I won't say peak as an archer, but I don't think I shot my bow, you know, as religiously as I shot it last year in preparation for that hunt. And um, I'm glad I did because when it came down to it, um, I was successful in the shot that I took in order to harvest my first Colorado velvet mule deer. And um, it was almost like the only thing that was given to me when I went out there to hunt, they gave me a place to stay. They gave me some food but they couldn't give me the work ethic to get out there and face the adversity that I put myself into by on hunt number one, even number one. I thought I made a perfect 57 yard shot quartering away on, you know, which would have been a great mule deer. And I ended up hitting him a little bit too high and it was a non-vital shot. So that animal had lived and we got back to camp. I was frustrated. Um, the guys in camp, like, they were telling me how difficult the shot was, and they had, you know, gave me props for attempting to even take the shot. And I could not, I, you know, I'm, I'm the type of person that I don't like failure when it comes to something that I know I can be 100% successful at. That, that eats at mm-hmm. me like nothing else, especially when I know how I prepare, I know how I can shoot, and I know my abilities. And when that happened, it was like, game on like i had to like flip the switch you know i went into redemption mode some would say and it was just it was just unbelievable it was just unbelievable you know um i know we had talked about like elk hunting in oregon and stuff like that i got to see my first ever 
elk that hunt first mule deer first antelope and stuff like that and it was it was incredible and then just like going into the group that i had in camp with me i had jc and brandon adams from you know my world outdoors their stuff is running now on the sportsman's channel uh 7 30 central Standard time 8 30 eastern time on the sportsman's channel new episodes every week right now and mm-hmm. those guys were great we had Alice Saunders from um Tyler Saunders, you know uh hunting on instagram and then we had jc not jc but we had um axel from rack daddies and i just keep thinking about jc because jc was just like he was a character from the minute I met him to the minute we left and to the minute, you know, I see my phone pop up with a group chat. T- it's going to be something either hilarious, something stupid or something that's going to be like, did he really just say that? It's one of those three. Like, he's one of those types of guys, like mm-hmm. predictable, but in a good way. And just being thankful and being grateful for them and, um, all those guys like Kyle Lopez, you know, the outfitter who was able to uh, let us come out and use this place for a kid like me to come out and kill a mule deer. It was it was incredible. Um, Dude, that's that's what that's what I like to hear, man. It, it seemed it, the footage from the hunt was, was sick, too. And have you like is, is there something is there a project you're working on um, anything like that as far as like the you know, this, the outdoor world and outdoor TV, anything like that? You got any offers or anything like that? No. Um, last year I had a lot of success. So I had a lot of people tell me that maybe I should probably reach out or either start something for myself that's bigger as in like, you know, take a little bit more production seriously and stuff like that and try to, you know, hit a few more different states. But I'm a regular guy. I work a nine to five. I got two kids. I got responsibility. Some of these other guys that are young and, you know, they don't have as much responsibility. They can just pack up, move to a different state, quit a job and hunt if they want to fish if they want to, because they, they can, they, they're at that point in life to make those types of sacrifices. And, for me, you know, I've always loved doing what I've done, you know, with my background being in law enforcement and then working in, you know, um, the hospital setting. I've always loved that. So as far as me, I've always wanted to do what I wanted to do within law enforcement and in the medical field and always have hunting as an option on the side, more or less like as a, as a side gig, because that's all I can commit to at this time. And I don't like committing to things where, I can't be a hundred percent. So at this point in time in life, it's like, it's not something that I'm thinking of or I'm thinking on, but you know, I, I think in my future that day will come and I hope by then I'll be prepared for it. And I can take advantage of those opportunities of those who, who are reaching out to me and who believe in me enough to, to say, Hey, we want you to take this money, use it wisely, book some hunts, hit some States. If you want to put a crew together, put a crew together, or you want to do everything solo, do everything solo and just get it done. And I'm looking forward to the day that comes so I, I can I can have those people proud and I can make everybody else proud and I can lead and show by example. I think you I definitely think you will, man. Like the following that you're building, I mean the number of people that are following you continues to grow. You've been at this for dude, the, the amount of growth, it's kind of weird. You know, you see growth on just snapshots of one's life, you know, the success, the dedication, that that's all there. You're documenting all of what's going on. And 
And it shows with the amount of people that are, are, are drawn to you, right? And so I definitely think at some point, I think that this industry, not even an industry, but like this activity, rather, like the hunting space, like it was pr- primarily like most people would think of like a white dude or some redneck guy that goes hunting. But then that, and then I love that you're breaking the mold because that's not it. And that's again, that's what drew me to you is because I'm like I felt I felt like I was the only the only brother that was out there in the field. And I think that you could speak, uh, you know, this you'll speak on it the same way I do. I think that the the hunting community is one of the most open and and kind communities I've I've been a member of. Um, I've I've only felt acceptance. Uh, I've get some weird looks like whoa, this is <laughs> this is stuff you see every day but um as far as like people teaching and just making sure that you're you're good and you know what you're doing or, or you know if you have a question like the people are, are more than happy to answer and so uh, that kind of leads me to what we were talking about before the show is like hunters of color like i'm, I'm surprised you have been featured on that uh, instagram page right i believe so um i'll have to go back and double check but i believe they they've shared some of my stuff a couple of times. I mean, there's there's a couple of pages where it's like, I don't even know that people even shared any of my stuff until someone tags me in a comment like, hey, DJ, did you see this picture? I'm like, no, didn't see it. They didn't <laughs> tag me and didn't message me. And, you know, I get it. It happens. And now it's like it's getting to the point where I'm not angry that that's happening because it's just, it's just letting me know that I'm being successful, that people are proud enough to take my stuff and share it without even talking because they just want to put it out there you know mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that and i appreciate the support coming you know from them and from everybody else that supports me within the hunt community yeah i think i love that page i, th- I think it's good um it, it it's a it's a it's a good reminder that um you know why people can't have all the fun right no <laughs> <laughs> um but what what type of um are you booking an elk hunt this year out in Colorado? Are you going to actually, are you going to make it out to Oregon this year by chance? No, 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 no. Um, I would honestly, if I could, um, I think this year for me, it's going to be all white tails this year. Um, my usual Minnesota, usual Wisconsin. And if I get lucky, I got a trip planned down to, uh, Ford with the lady and, uh, my daughter, I might be able to sneak out for a day or two either in Florida and Georgia. I'll, I'll buy a license and try to get out and try and hunt. Because I, I haven't hunted down in Florida since, I want to say, maybe 2015, mm-hmm. I want to say. So it's 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 been a while. Um, do I miss it? I miss the people that I hunted with, you know, like my uncles, cousins, and stuff like that growing up in a, you know, outdoors, men and women, you know, traditional family where everybody hunts everybody fish i think i've said this before in your podcast where my great grandma had seven kids she had five boys two girls every single last one of them can fish hunt trap and farm and you know (laughs) and they're all the best at it let them tell it so (laughs) you know i miss that i miss that sometimes but i also feel as if i've been coming to my own here in the Midwest with the knowledge that I've learned in the past decade of hunting and fishing in Minnesota and states like Wisconsin and stuff like that too. And I even bought a tag in North Dakota a few years ago. I hunted there. I love the experience that I had there. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back there in the future and just teaching what I'm learning on, you know, to my kids and passing down some of the stuff that I've learned to keep that tradition going and, you know, 
showing them that, you know, they can do anything that they put their mind to. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, in the woods or, you know, in school, sport, job, whatever they want to put their effort into. Just make sure you're doing 100 percent and prepare and try to be as, as successful as you can. So that's my goal. That's, that's a good goal to have, man. I think that it's a, it's a very wise, wise goal to have as well. What uh, what's what's the dream hunt? What's what is the what's your dream hunt? You you go first. I'll tell you mine. Honestly, I don't think it's changed since that that last conversation that we had. Um, being that I got to get out west to Colorado, and I got to see an over three hundred inch bull less than a hundred yards away from me, standing there in all its glory. I feel like if that bull would have bugled. I'd had a heart attack. Somebody would have to come over and hold X and revive me Call of Duty style because I would have been out. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, I don't think I would have been able to take it. And that, like, I feel like that's next on the list. Like, I, I, I want an elk. I know those tags can be extremely expensive if you go through, like, buying a land on a voucher. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that or if... Um, um, very familiar. Hello. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, um, I don't know if some of your, your followers are familiar with that either, but I'll try to explain it so that way. I know we're in the loop, but I know everybody, you know, you might have some listeners yeah. who may not be in the loop. So what a land out, what a landowner voucher tag is, is basically where if you own a piece of property, you can buy tags and then you can sell them to somebody else for whatever price you want to sell them for. And, uh, it's very popular in some Midwest states. So probably some folks that you see that say that they drew a tag every year. They didn't draw a tag. I can promise you that. Some of those folks are out there spending some of that sponsorship money buying landowner voucher tags, and there's no shame in it as long as they're paying and they're doing it the right way and ethically and legally. You know, hats off to them. Um, so I feel like either in either next year or the 2024 hunt season, I want to be out somewhere hunting elk with my bow. I love it. So that's the dream. My, mine, mine's got to be. Um, in a in a state that I'm actually heading to, I'm going to Alaska to go fishing. So I'm pretty pumped about that. Not this Ooh. week, but the week after. Uh, so hopefully I'm going to slay a bunch of salmon and and bring back some halibut. So I'm, I'm real pumped about that. I want to hunt caribou. Oh, I I want to do that. <clears throat> I want to go to the tundra. I want to fish for grayling. And I wanna, I, I wanna kill a caribou. Like I, I've never, ha- I've never, t- or a moose. Like those are the two Ooh. that I'm, I'm pretty interested in, and that I'm, I'm gonna do in the next probably five, six years. Like that's the yeah. plan. I've always wanted to do it. That's, I just think that it would be so cool to be that remote, just in the middle of nowhere. You, you gotta, you fly in on a plane. You gotta wait a day, set up camp. And you go out, and and it's it's one of those things where it's it's a feast or famine. Are you going to see a shit ton of caribou and cherry pick the one, or you're not going to see any? You're going to have to move. So I I think for me that is the ultimate hunting um, experience. There's all, you can also go up there and get buffalo. Uh, There's a guy that transplanted. Um, I think the Alaskan fishing game put up, um, buffalo. Up at some pl- some some point, in the- John, will you pull that up? We're, we're we're just Google. Where are the buffalo in Alaska? I don't know where they're at, but they're up there and they're thriving. 
And then I don't know if you know this, but in the Missile Mountain Range in New Mexico, there are, I think they're called oryx. Have you, do you know about those those animals? Uh, DJ? Oh, dude. Some crazy guy that was, uh, I believe this is how it happened. I could be talking out of my ass here. But some crazy guy uh, was stationed um, over in Africa. I think, uh, boy, I don't even know what, I don't know if it was Ethiopia. I don't know where he was. But he saw these oryx roam, roaming around, and he looked at the, the vegetation and was like, you know what, this reminds me of my home in New Mexico. I wonder if these animals would thrive. So they brought over some. And they had them in a fenced area, and then, you know, they escaped, and now they're breeding. So there's a, a herd of oryx that roam between New Mexico and El Paso. And you can go ahead, John. Uh, so out? the uh, bison in Alaska you're talking about, uh, that is the Delta Junction bison range. It's in interior Alaska. Okay. Yeah. How, well, do you know how, 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 um, how many are in this herd? Uh, I just saw this. Um, about 400 right now. It's 400. You can, yeah, you can draw it's that a, tag. It's a huge, yeah, it's a huge reserve. Where did I just see this? Uh, a night, it's a 90,000 90, acre tract of land that was established yeah. in 1979 near Delta, Alaska. You can hunt them. And then, um, did you, let's see, what, see if you could pull up the numbers of the oryx that are in, uh, New Mexico. And I think that tag it might be year round, and it might be an over the counter tag too. Do you know what an oryx is, DJ? Nope. Do oh, can we share? It's like pictures? a it's, it's like a springbok kind of. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's an African like antelope kind of antelope that some guy in uh, it's in White Sands National Park in uh, yeah New Mexico. I think like Rick was saying, some dude imported them and then they went feral and are now. John, part can of- you share the screen? Uh, oh yeah, I can do that. Oh DJ, OMG. yeah, check this feature, man. I'm so glad we upgraded. OMG, I should have, I should have listened to you, John. Damn it, should have done this. I, you know, <laughs> I'm right most of the time. There it is. All right, DJ, check this out. That you can you can hunt that in New Mexico. Oh yeah, I saw one of those. People Where, have some down down in Texas too. Oh shit, man! They got every. There's more tigers in the state of Texas than there are in the wild. Believe it or not, that's wild. Yeah, they they have uh, what's they have Neil guy down there. You ever, you ever seen a Neil guy? Yeah. Yeah, man. I, what I, what what's your thought about going to one of those those like hunting ranches in Texas? I don't know if I'd do that. If it's high fence, I think I I might be out. I don't know. It's, I don't know, sometimes like when I think of Texas and what they do in Texas and places like that, it's just like, it's, I won't, I won't say it's not hunting. It's more or less like, you know, rich man's game. Like, you know, you have enough money to bring in exotic animals to feed on your property for you and whoever you want to come and hunt. And... In my opinion, if I want to kill an animal, I want to kill it in its natural environment because that's going to give me and it the biggest challenge. I'm coming into your backyard to try to kill you. Like, doesn't matter how much, in my opinion, you know, it doesn't matter how much an, an environment you got in Texas might resemble some of the places out of these African exotics you got in. Like, it's it's not the same. It's like it's to me, it's not the same. If I'm going to go out there, I want to be able to. I want to be able to do it in their element. You know, it's like 
and Voodoo Report, uh, polar bears here in Minnesota, <laughs> and yes. we hunt, and, and we can hunt them in Minnesota. Like you know, it's not going to be the same as hunting a polar bear where he actually lives out in the tundra. It's actual environment things that are going to help aid it in evading me as opposed to having less things to help it evade me in Minnesota. And that's just my opinion. Like if I want to kill them or harvest them, I want to harvest that animal in its environment. So it can be at the best of its ability to evade me. And then I have to step my game up as a hunter to get an arrow in them. So, well, wait, I, I I see your point, but if like, if we look at the Oryx, right, those escape defense and they're just out in the open, that you you're not viewing that as like are you you're not you're not you would still be interested in getting that right because i mean it's it's a non it's an invasive species for one and and then number two like there's no high fences you know this thing is able to roam between two two different states so would you be interested in hunting are you just saying that um in your analogy that the polar bears were on like private land with a high fence I don't still think I would chase that animal here because that's just not its natural environment. So you wouldn't be interested in going after the Oryx either? Mm-hmm. Bro, really? Yeah. Oh. I'm like, I, like, I, I want to, I want, it's, it's almost like I'm that type of guy, I'm a gamer. Like, I hated home games. I loved away games because I want to come to your house in front of your crowd, steal your energy, and get away with a victory. Like, that's what I love. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. I think, I think your thinking is a little off though. Cause like, this is a wild animal. That's just, it escaped, you know, the prison of captivity and launched out into the, to the, the, the white sands, uh, the missile range mountains. And it's, there's no fences. It's, it's, it's in its element. Like, it's even the camouflage works, man. I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely interested in going after this thing and not for the trophy aspect because it's an invasive species. Okay. That's why I, <laughs> uh, but, um, I don't know. I think, I think you're thinking it's a little quirky there, bruh. I mean, in that aspect, I have harvested wild hogs before in Florida. So, I I I I guess I would say I don't have a problem killing an invasive species because I've done it before. There you go. There. I'm just yeah, saying, how- like, an, like an exotic animal like that. I don't think I could. I don't think I'd get up for it. I don't think I'd be like, oh, dude, you're so crazy. I I kill one. So, <laughs> dude, I don't know. I don't, I think DJ's pulling the bull over eyes here. Um, what? Speaking of that, this is something that's kind of interesting. Um, I went to a restaurant and I actually had wild boar. They're mm-hmm. somehow in Texas, John. Actually, this is a good thing for you to Google. Is it legal to? I mean, it, it obviously is, but I'm just like I wonder how prevalent this market is because I was able to purchase wild boar in a restaurant in Oregon. So I mean, obviously those crazy fucks down there figured out a way to like. There's like professional hunters who are just out sniping hogs and like selling the meat. Do you know anything about that? Listen, I know about hundreds of people that like down in Florida, because you get people that don't, they don't hunt, but they mm-hmm. like the rewards of people that go out and go do it. So mm-hmm. I've had people, even when I was in high school, they'd offer 
You go out, you kill a hog, I'll give you 100, 200 bucks for it. All you got to do is kill it and bring it to me. That's it. You know what I mean? And then you have some stores or some restaurants who will buy them and they'll purchase the meat by the pound. Because to them, you know, um, it's 100%, you know, wild, 100% organic. There's none of that extra stuff that comes into some of the cattle that they may get, some of the poultry products that they may get. And it's, for some, it's a delicacy down south. Like, I miss it. You know, um, growing up down in Florida, I would always love on Sundays how if somebody went out and got a hog either the week before or the day before, we'd roast it. We'd take it, skin it, throw it on the grill, barbecue sauce on it, and everybody would come over. We'd have some food and come back and do it again in a week or two if we caught some again or we shot some again. It's it's always like, it always depends on where you're at and who actually wants it. You know, um, we would always eat the wild hogs that we had, but we know some people would just shoot them and they'd let them let them lay there and die and just waste meat because they're just an invasive species and they don't want to spend the time, you know, to clean them. They don't want to spend the time to have somebody, you know, process them. So they just shoot them and let them lay right there where they're at. And then you'll have things like the coyotes and buzzards and other animals that will come out and they'll come take care of whatever is left over all the way down to the ants, dragging pieces out and calling them home bacteria and everything else. So, um, that is one aspect of how it goes for invasive species when it comes oh, yeah. to hogs. We we, we got to talk about the other one, um, pythons. Uh, do you have any homies that go out and catch pythons? Because there's a law, John, Google that. Actually, no, don't. I know I'm right here. There is a law that if you find a python, you have to terminate it. That's how bad it is. And I fucking hate snakes, by the way. They're dis- I'm terrified of them. So, but I mean, I think that there's a scientist that also said that you can eat these, these things. I don't, I don't know if I can do that, but I just wonder, do you have any, do you, is, is any of your family member uh, catching pythons for, for that cash money? First off, I want you to look at me and yeah. then ask me that question one more time. Look at me and ask me that question one more time. Yeah, right. D- DJ, is there any of your family that is uh, catching pythons? No. Thank the only God. way they'll catch them is, is, is if they're buying them at the market to go on their feet for under $200. That's bad. There's only <laughs> pythons they're trying to catch. No way, but, man. Um, I know the Florida Wildlife Commission, a few years ago, they started paying people to catch pythons. And I thought that was one of the dumbest things they could have ever did in their entire lives because you have some pythons who are out in the Everglades and down in South Florida, Central Florida, where I remember being in sixth grade, right? Like I'm in sixth grade. This is 2006. I'm mm-hmm. damn near 40, but this is in 2006, right? And this was when the picture went viral of where the python had swallowed an over six foot alligator and ingested it <laughs> and it busted open because it could not ingest that alligator Mm-mm. fully. And not even 10 years later, they're trying to pay people to go out and hunt for anacondas. Fucking and you pythons. got every redneck whose name is Jim Tom or Billy Bob with, with one front tooth and 
I was gonna make another reference, but I'm, I'm gonna keep that to myself. <laughs> overall, overalls and tobacco in your lip, and they are out there in, in airboats, looking like an episode of Swamp People, shining for these pythons to catch them. And to me, it's like I have to ask myself: if I'm ever down that bad that I got to go out there and try and catch a goddamn python. I'm going to walk my ass down to uh, the county office. I'm going to sign up for some services. Like that's, listen, <laughs> I don't, I don't need it. I don't need it that bad. I, pro- I promise you there's nothing that's going to make me get out in the Everglades. or go look for a Python. And I'm not knocking anybody that does it. You know, some people may see me deer hunting. And they're like, wow, if I just needed meat, I, I, I may go to the store if I'm ever down that bad, you know, to each their own. I get it. But I tell you what, it's a lot safer for me to go kill a deer than it is to have somebody out looking for pythons. Dude, because I you know, pressure and bite force per square inch, they are one of the most dangerous animals you could ever encounter, depending on its size length, to encounter and have it be aggressive and like hurt you. I watched a video not too long ago where this this python had to have been a couple feet long and it was fully wrapped around a fully grown billy goat right like mm-hmm. had it wrapped up like down for the count and a guy came up behind it or a girl whoever it was and it shot it with like it's like it's glock or whatever it was it was a pistol and that thing unwrapped and i was like there is no way you would ever like like catch me out there trying to find <laughs> one of them. It's no, just like why? Yeah. What's up, John? Uh so I found found some information about this. It's called the uh the Florida Python Challenge. And it's they're 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 paying people uh where is it? They're paying people hourly like there's some places paying hourly, like thirteen an hour, but they're paying fifty dollars uh for the first four feet of any python and twenty five dollars for every additional foot, I couldn't do it. That's that's pretty. That's a sick deal, though. To you know, <laughs> die fighting an anaconda, it doesn't pay bad lately. Pythons, pythons. There's yeah, no yeah, anaconda. Yeah. I don't think there's anacondas in the state of Florida. God forbid. But I, here's the thing: they, pro- I, they probably are there. Oh, they probably but, are. In the, in the wild, they're probably not as prevalent, but they're probably there. So I watched a video like like years ago, and I can't believe I'm, I'm admitting to this, but it was a it was a video of these guys. They're like bass fishermen in, in Florida, and there was this other guy with them, and they're fishing out of little canals, and um, somehow they they saw the snake and like um, like. It slithered into this little tunnel where there's like a, a manhole. And this 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 little dude crawls down on the into the the hole and he starts he catches a snake and he pulls it up and it's it's fucking massive and I wish I could find this video and everyone's screaming I, I'm I'm screaming and they're like what are you gonna do with this fish? He's like I actually I have this where I learned about this law. He's like we have to kill it and they're like okay then one he's like I'm gonna eat it and I was like what? So I watched this guy clean this snake and it's still fucking moving 
after it's dead. Like, and this is a calm. Nerds. I'm, I am screaming. Yeah, yeah, I am screaming the entire time. Oh, oh, fuck! No, no. So you gotta go. Ki- but I can- gotta go kill everything. But you can't handle watch somebody clean no, I, a snake. I, I, I no, I can't. I hate snakes. I don't know where. Actually, I do. I can, I can, I can Indiana tell you Jones. the. I can tell you the origin story for my fear of snakes. Um, it was actually in Corvallis in college. I was walking with my girlfriend at the time up Bald Hill. We're on a nice hike, and I saw a huge, huge snake. And I jumped, and I said, fucking snake, and I just left her. I ran. Okay, so the, not, not my proudest moment, folks. And I, I was so obsessed by, like, oh, this is a big snake. I mean, it was maybe, like, I don't know, like... It was a gardener snake, um, 18 right? inches, two feet. It was big. No, it, was, it was, wasn't a gardener snake. So I went down to the biology department. I went to like this dude that studies snakes. says, what the fuck was this? Oh, that must have been a gopher snake. Where did you see it? And I was like, okay, so there's, there's, there's big gopher snakes in the state. Well, that, that sucks. And uh, I think what really freaked me out was the fact that I wasn't, I'm expecting to see, you know, a garter snake, something that's not that that yeah. big but and this yeah, yeah and it was bigger than i thought it was and, and it just freaked me out and I've, i'm in the same sense i don't know what <laughs> it doesn't make any sense i hate him i hate him so yeah. i i have a, a rational fear of snakes i don't know why i mean i, do I mean like you're not wrong you. like i don't i don't like snakes because depending on where you're at geographically in the world i grew up oh excuse me i grew up in northeast florida so we had poison snakes. We had non-poison snakes. Mm-hmm. Monk always told me the best snake is a dead snake. Yeah, and right. we practice that religiously in our family. <laughs> so for me, the snake that I probably encountered the most were water moxins. Oh, fuck that, dude. No. So they were the ones that are the... I'll I'll say they're one of the more sneakiest ones because of how they catch their food. They're a little bit more tactical than some of the other snakes. Like rattlesnakes and stuff like that. They use their, uh, they use their, uh, their skin and stuff like that to blend in and, and that type of stealthy. Like these water moccasins are, aggressive there's been times where i've been fishing and somebody's pulled up a stringer and we've had four almost five foot water moccasin hanging on one of the fish no no dude no absolutely not i'm freaking out right now we've i've had times where there's this one little canal that's right by our house um Mm. where i grew up at my great grandma's house the last house she lived in before she uh she had passed away back in 2010 we had this place it's called the pipe and the pipe was like this big it was like this big drainage dish. It was maybe about 11 to 12 foot wide. And sometimes when we'd have hurricanes and stuff like that, that would come through, it would always be rushing or running with water. Other than that, it wasn't a lot of water. So it's almost like you're looking at the side of a cliff, right? Like a cliff, like out in California where like the, the bank is like a, a gray type of color. Right. Yeah. And, then you start looking and you'll see these little holes inside of the banks. How many those holes? How many how many holes do you think? Oh gosh, like at least maybe 15 or oh, 20. Oh Jesus Christ. Okay. It, it it at least like 15 or 20. Mm-hmm. 
And for me, at the long at the longest time, I kind of thought that that was just like stuff from, you know, like some kind of rodent or something like that. And my mom's like, "No, son, it's like the the marketing holes right there. Like, make no mistakes, make no doubt about it. Like that's like that's what those those are." But in some cases, I'll say I've encountered like you know less aggressive water moccasins before. Where they'll see you and they'll get the hell out of dodge. Oh, good. But I've also saw some that, like, even if uh, John would look at a picture, they have almost like, depending on the size, maybe close to an inch or an inch and a half, like this white little tube in the bottom of their throat. Not the bottom of their throat. John, pull this shit up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, And that's what they use to inject their venom and stuff like that into people. What? And there's been times where we've been walking into a tree stand that's by a creek or, or at a river. And that white part is the only part that you can see on the ground. It's just that I'm little, that little up. circle. Mm-hmm. So I've had my fair share Let's of see, encounters with them. Like the rattle. Looking. I think you can kind of oh, see it there it, right in the you middle. you see that DJ? No, not now. I can't see it. It's not the screen's not sharing. But I've 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 seen them in person. I can I can <laughs> so, see I can see your screen. DJ, are you on a phone? How are you How are you doing this? Yep. Oh, sick. Oh, you can't you can't see this this picture. I saw it when he did it earlier. I can't see this one. Oh, weird. I can see but, it, John. Yeah, folks, we're looking at a uh, we're looking at the spawn of fucking Satan right now, <laughs> which is a water moccasin. We had cotton. Uh, they're yeah, I agree. Co- in Alabama, yeah, they called them cotton mouse too. We had this these is disgusting. Up, yeah. I how did we get here? Yeah. I hate snakes. So I feel like such a bitch too, because like I really am freaking out. You're right like now. Indiana just, Jones, dude. <laughs> yeah, and it's gotten worse. Like I really do think the it's irrational. Well, I mean, this is very. This is obviously have, you've, you've never you've never like held a python like at, oh, like dude, a petting zoo the, or no. something. Yes, really? I did when I was little, and I hated it. And really, and I just even the talking about it. Like I'm, I I can't. This is fucking disgusting. I Get don't this mind. Snakes out. are <laughs> snakes are fine. You no, fuck are... you, John. They're not. No. <laughs> <laughs> They're not. Dude, you know, and that's another thing. If if yeah. I, back before uh, I met uh, my, uh, my girlfriend, uh. there was a there was a kind of a hot chick that she had a snake, and I was like, fuck that. Like anyone that has pet snakes, fuck you. That's that's a that's a hot take right there. You're disgusting. Why would you that, that, that to our many viewers who have snakes, you. we love you. Yeah. No, no, we do not. <laughs> we do not. No. I I don't know why you would ever have a snake. It doesn't care about you, it would eat you in a second. No way. And I, I I'm I literally don't know if that's the case, but that feels right to say that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna sit. Sorry, DJ. It Enough is, of it my is, tirade. Honestly- it is, it is true because if you think about it, it's like to me, it bothers me when I see people who have these wild, like bigger, larger animals they call as pets. Yeah. And you can get just about anywhere you can on the internet. You can look at videos of people having these snakes that turn on them, having pet wolves that turn on them bear that turn on them lions like all these other species and to me it's like when will people learn that like some of these animals aren't meant to be tamed and if you tame them sooner or later it's going to run off like okay their instincts will kick in and you're in a pile of shit i know this sounds weird and i'm I'm not a cat person at all 
But for whatever reason, <laughs> I wouldn't want a pet tiger or a lion. I would want a fucking cougar. Okay, like if I had to have an exotic Dude, have you animal, heard, have you heard of servals? I would go with cougar. Yeah, I do know what a servals. See, I want a serval. Servals are cool. I, I would never. GJ, if you oh, had to have, an, I got a, I got a cougar. Well, you you did. You murked one? No way. Yeah. You want to know her name? <laughs> Emma! <laughs> Emma! <laughs> I'm trying to tell my friends on the podcast that I got a cougar. <laughs> hey! Don't, I know you hear me. She's only wanted to be by a couple of years. Oh man, I was not expecting that. That was great. That was great, dude. Great setup. That was great setup. But no, if you if now we're on the subject of exotic animals, like if you had to have one, I know that you're afraid they'd turn on you. But what, what would you, I would have a cougar. What would you get? Well, I'm not a cougar. Yes, yeah, she is. She's four years old. I don't care what she says. <laughs> I'm so sorry that he's doing this to you. No, she's not. It's all good. Don't let her go. There's a cougar in my house, but no, uh, cougars. I'm not a cat person. I feel like cat have too many humanistic qualities with mood swings, mm-hmm. and they are one of the hardest animals to read, in my opinion. Oh, so yeah. I don't like them. I've never been a cat person. I, I just no sir, no ma'am. <laughs> I've never been a cat person. I, I I would have to say I, I agree with you. Like, but I I definitely would want a cougar. Like that just I don't know what it is. I think I saw one of those stupid nature shows or whatever, and some guy had a pet cougar, and it just it looked like a giant house cat. And I was like, if that's, wouldn't that be so bad? I don't know. Serbals are cool yeah. though, John. See, that's good, what that's exactly why I want a serval is because they're like two generations Serval. removed from wildcat. I'm a dog person. If I had an exotic animal, it'd have to be a poisonous tree frog. I could never touch this on bitch, but it'd be good to look at. It would be good. I would. I think I would go with the toad, like the you know the um, the the toad that you would make you trip out. It's one of those psychedelic toads. I think it's a Sonoran toad. John, those toads that. don't even. It's they're not psychedelic. There, I've I've read about this. They people call them psych- psychedelic, but what happens is their venom makes you so sick. For like forty eight hours, like you are throwing up and feeling like you're Wait, dying, that's not true. and then like mm-hmm. on on a on a snap, you feel fine, and it's the like the shift to normal is like almost that's not euphoric. true. That's not true. That's not where true at all. John, where do are they the, at? they're in Sonora. They're in the Sonoran. It's a, it's the oh, Sonoran toad. Oh wait, you're, I'm thinking you're, of the ones wrong. in the Amazon. Yeah. Yes, you're wrong. It's the Sonoran toad. That's the okay. one that I would want because you can you can. I don't know if you have to milk it. I don't really know the process, but somehow you get it to secrete a liquid. You you dry it out and you smoke it. Then you blast off into the cosmos. It's, just, it's like smoking DMT. Not that I've ever done that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, that's what I would want if I if I was gonna own a yes. reptile or whatnot. Yeah. So yeah, I haven't had too many exotic pets. Neither have I. Neither have I. Isn't there an I- iguana problem in Florida too? Yes. What the fuck, man? What what's going on there? What's wrong with Florida? You know, 
I mean, Florida's governor came out a few years ago and stated that there was no COVID and opened up the state's borders for everybody to come in and come out. I mean, Florida is literally the wild, wild west. Like originally it. it was Texas, but now it's Florida. People, people are doing whatever they want, buying whatever they want. And it's just Grand Theft Auto for everybody. The Grand Theft Auto 5, the best one. I haven't been there in a while, so I'm kind of like trying to prepare myself for that when I get down there because everybody won't be so Minnesota nice when I get down there. So I got to, you know, get my game face back home when I get down there. So I hear you. Submitted well, for your John, approval. An enor- this is an enormous uh, iguana that someone caught in Florida, the, an invasive iguana. Will you scroll down? Scroll. What is it? What is the lead? Uh, the I can't. Will you scroll Let's, up? Excuse me. Scroll up. Yeah, we're looking at an article, folks. Iguana hunter kills giant invasive lizard. So there's yeah. iguana, and it's now, basically people also, getting iguanas, iguanas as pets, and then not wanting them anymore is, in Florida's environment is their is pretty much perfect. their natural environment. So they just go feral. I think that people are eating these things. I think that. Will you also pull that up? Like I'm pretty sure that people eat iguanas and i think it the meat tastes pretty good i'm not 100 percent sure but see if you can find that because i think there's also the lionfish um was also invasive down there and then chefs started cooking it and they made it's i guess supposedly fucking delicious but i mean i would i would i would eat an iguana if someone's like hey man like i'm at this restaurant they've got iguana i'd try it out fuck it yeah it'd be a no for me dog oh shit come on man really no, <laughs> I just I don't I don't think I can get myself to eat a lizard. I do it. Like, they call it the chicken of the trees. <laughs> they call it, you know what? When it comes to chicken, everybody always says when they're trying to get somebody to to try some food out. It tastes just like chicken. It Yo, rattlesnake like chicken. tasted like, like just like stringy chicken. You know. There, there are people that I would know that I grew up with that would that would eat rattlesnakes. So I'm not even surprised. They're not bad. They're good. not bad, honestly. I ain't trying to taste one. I mean, I might shoot one. <laughs> might have a belt made, but I ain't trying to. I ain't trying to eat one. I would. I listen. I would probably eat a. I mean, it would be hard for me, but because I hate them so much, I probably would be able to eat it. Uh, but John, can you? There's also a show you should watch. It's it's called Pardon My Palate. And it's on YouTube. It's like affiliated with Meat Eater. And pardon my palate is where they eat. They eat. They ate a crow. They ate uh, a muskrat. They eat all sorts of like weird nutria. Like these, just like they want to. They want to try things, and so they, they figure out a good way to cook them. Maybe look up old recipes. They eat carp. All sorts of things that people that are non-traditional foods. They they just try them. Um, and these are the hunt. These are uh, I think, yeah, it's meat eater. So it's like Steve Rinella and a guy I think that works for him. It's the, the the kind of the star of the show. But they just eat all these different types of foods. And I would probably try most of it, John. I, I definitely, if you can find the iguana, people eating it in, in it's in restaurants. I would love to know that. I, yeah, I did find a couple articles about in Fort Lauderdale. There's a restaurant that has iguana on the menu. And then I found I did find that show. Uh, I found another YouTube uh, video of also of people going to catch and eat uh, iguana in florida yeah dj i'm with i'm gonna i'd still eat it i'd still do it john would you do it yeah why not it'd probably be good i've had frog before it probably or you know it probably tastes somewhat like frog i assume i have had i've had alligator alligator's great those those 
Yeah, I've had frog legs before. Those have been good. I've had gator and gator tail before too. Those those are all. Gator just good, tastes like you know chicken that sat in the swamp for a week. Hello from the messy editing bay. We had some technical issues because we've been trying out some new software, and unfortunately, DJ's files for this end of the episode were not recoverable. So you can find DJ uh, here and also here on his Instagram and his YouTube, both DJ Jones Outdoors. See you guys next week. Back to Rick. Listen, good people. I hope you enjoyed what you uh, heard here. If you feel that we're worthy and deserving of it, please give us five stars on iTunes. Uh, Like and subscribe to the YouTube channel right down there. Uh, If you don't, I'll murder John. And uh, as always, we'll see you next week. Peace and love, folks. Peace.